Hi, I'm Stuart Huff. At night, I'm a stand-up comedian, but during the day, I spend my time roaming through junk shops that hopefully smell like mildew. I'm not looking for antiques. No, I'm looking for items that spark my curiosity. And if they're the right price, then they come home with me. This podcast is accurately named Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. Hello, welcome to another episode of Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. And Matt Holt just came walking into the room. He's dragging a chair. He just stole a chair from the hotel room next door. Yes. So it sounds a little different because we're in it. We have never done it from this place. We right. usually are in, in the cushy studio. This is Tom Simmons talking, telling you all the information you need to know. Yes. Hi, Stuart. We're we are in uh, we're in a hotel. We're not in the in the famous podcasting uh, office in Frankfurt. Mecca. Yeah, the Mecca. Uh, Lowell and Tom and I are in a hotel room in Bloomington, Indiana. We're here for the festival, Limestone Festival. Very excited about this. Very excited. No matter what happens, it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Right? And what we've done is we have crammed, uh, we have microphones and there's cords everywhere. And we have transformed my hotel room into a recording studio. And I've got boxes of junk. Right. Now, have you been, so have you... You're on the road building a whole new show, which, by I the am. way, Lowell, you've seen already? That is correct. Lowell's seen, Lowell seen, yeah. I'm working on a new show right now. And you're debuting it at a comedy festival in front of your, probably your biggest group of fans. Yeah, there's nine here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah, Bloomington, this is my, this is probably my favorite <laughs> Two town. of them are in this room. Right, yeah. And uh, Matt's never liked me. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a fan. <laughs> Yeah, I bet, you know, why not? You think that's a bad move? Probably. If this Here. is the epicenter of Branch Huffsonians, this is, <laughs> this is where you need to be, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, here's what, here's what happened, and you guys tell me how, how wrong I am. And seriously, I'm being totally serious here. Uh, I recorded an album here in Bloomington, Indiana, at the Comedy Attic in, what, Jan- late January, I think? Uh, and then a month later, they asked me to be in Limestone, which is in May. So I thought, well, I just recorded a show. I don't want to come back three months from now and do the same show I just recorded. Right. So I better write another one. That's so crazy. I just love that that's what you do. I mean, I just admire that like crazy that you... That, I, well, man. admiring is one thing, but it's, you, you know, how smart is it to admire a mistake? <laughs> that's not very... You know, are you Don Quixote or San, Sancho Panza? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, which one's dumber? You know what I mean? I thought, and this is me being totally objective and honest. I thought, you know what? I, I it doesn't. I, I like limestone. I like. I, I love Bloomington. I love the club. But you know what I mean? I'm not going to be famous for me. No one's going to discover. You know what I mean? I'm not going to make it. So, I might as well set a goal. That would be interesting, right? I have. I have what three months to try to write a new show for limestone and make it where I like it. And, uh, that'd be a good goal. So I, I, I started writing and, and here we are. The show is today is what, how many Thursday? ideas did you go through before you were like, all right, this is the show. I, I went through three ideas. So one idea I dismissed early. And then I had this idea that I might do later that I'm kind of obsessed with how humans discovered the concept of the number zero. And so I spent a lot of time, 
you know, in a few weeks on the road trying to make that funny. Turns right. out, how many laughs did that get? Well, yeah, <laughs> we should pause. Zero. Yeah, that's a good joke. That's a good joke right there. Not only is it funny, but it's accurate. <laughs> it's so accurate. Yeah. Turns out it's very hard to make the concept of the number zero funny. It didn't occur to me. Right, a bunch of Babylonians sit around and go, how would you describe how many laughs Stuart was getting last night? No, we don't even have a concept. Nobody's ever gotten zero. How, how bad was that show we saw? Can we come up with a number less than one? Is there? That was. I'm the first one to get a zero Yelp review on my my show zero. about zero. <laughs> the number zero is fascinating. I know Lowell's on board with me on uh, this. Absolutely. The number you zero is how amazing. societies existed without the concept. I know. And we had negative numbers, but we didn't have zero. Right. Right. But they're like people that way. Some of them are negative. Some of them are positive. Well, yeah. So I don't know. And then I came up with the idea now, uh, you know, that I, that I ended up ma- or, I'm trying to make. It's not done, but it's. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, uh, I'm going to do it on I mean. Saturday. You usually come here after you've built the whole entire show, and yeah. you've and there's clubs you start off, and they're like, "Please, Stuart, oh. what are you doing? Yeah. Can you do the Penguin story?" And you're like, "Not for seven years." You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't make enough money to do that, right? And then and then the show gets built into what you record here I normally. Come, yeah, when I come to Bloomington, I'm I'm usually bringing a finished show. You know what I mean? And now I'm going to be. Yeah, this one's not even close. This is a year away from being finished, so. Okay. Yeah. And it's about the Constitution. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So is the thing we're going to look at today, now do you still, because you're rushing to do this, you're a dad, you're on the road. Like I picture you just getting home and spending as much time with your son and your wife as you can. At, do you still, are you still stopping in junk stores? Or, or like, is this new stuff you've gotten since we've been doing the show or is this? Like stuff you've had. Uh, in your house. I'm not. I'm not going to as many junk shops as I used to. You know. So, so is it quality and not over quantity, or uh, you just when it's you have just, time you go? Yeah. Economic reality of having a child. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's expensive. I have a son now, and it's it, you know, and it's, and there and there is also like, you know, I'm in Dayton, and then I have to be in Bloomington on Tuesday. So if I you know, if I leave after the shows, I can get. I can spend one day with the family. You know what I mean? Whereas before, I would just, I wouldn't even go home. I would drive from Dayton to Bloomington, and that gives me two days to hunt junk. Right. You know, and now that I'm. That was free range, Stuart. Yeah. Now we're talking domesticated. Right. Right. Servile. <laughs> yeah. So, Bovine. Yeah. Do I, look, do I have a glow? No. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Seems like you'd be excited. You're like, I get to spend time with my wonderful son. And I do. Like, I love you it. You just have this like, uh, I missed no. the past when I could go into a junk no, shop. No, I'm okay. And, I'm all right. Look for I pictures. Mean, you know, I can the have... abattoir be far off? <laughs> can, can I still have why, some addiction. Can you see why I mock this a little bit? And over the, over, you mock everything a little <laughs> bit, and I love it. Yes. You see how I mock this hobby a little bit? Because it's like, it, to me, it just seems, I don't know. Like I just can't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make the time that you make to do that. So and I and I've wow. had a different perspective because my son's older, maybe or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You you the whole junk concept is totally lost on you. You're just like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It wants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it takes a certain amount of uh, 
I'm more of the let's not put it in the attic. No, no, we can use that in the garage sale. Well, here's 50 cents. I'm throwing it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> and then I put it out of the trash, and then someone like you drives by, and they're like, oh, look at that. It looks like an old pitching machine. That probably works. Of course you'd throw it away. <laughs> you throw it in the back of your car and bring it home. It's been fun having you on the podcast. <laughs> this is a good last episode for Tom. <laughs> We're at a comedy festival. We can call in a replacement, can we not? <laughs> Easily. Easily. Call it audible. I would not. Uh, and uh, Okay. Uh, seriously, an old pitching machine, I don't. It depends on how old it is. You know what I mean? But some, I would not pull something out of the trash. Like if I see like a, a fridge or a microwave or, you know, I'm not going to pull that out of the trash. No. Would you look in there and make sure they weren't throwing out some? I'm not. I'm hair never art. A, I'm ne- oh yeah, I would pull hair art out. Yeah, definitely. Right. Definitely, I would pull hair art in there. And I've found some good stuff in trash before, but but I'm not. I'm not. I don't dig. I don't see a big pile of trash and dig through. Yeah, you no, know? I'm exaggerating what you. But I, one of my favorite memories was going to the dump with my dad when I was a kid. Did you do that, Lowell? I did. Not with my father. With a neighbor who who went to the dump. Did, is it a good memory? It was amazing the treasures you would find. Oh. There. Like toy fire trucks missing some tires? Yes. Awesome. Just Incredible. Just turn to the side that has tires, and you're good to go. That, amazing. Did You never went to the dump? What kind of... No. Were you <laughs> raised by a serial killer? What do you mean? No. I was a... You work around the bodies. <laughs> Let's go to the I dump. mean... You know, there might be a there might be hooker, a mobster in a dumpster. Uh, I remember my my dad would do like he had a few like uh, like what are the flea market things where you can get a booth and stuff. Right. Yeah. He would sell some stuff. Really. And yeah. it, even your face, you look disgusting. I just remember just being so bored all day walking around the flea market and just like what? nobody has. They all sell in the same. Just garbage. (laughs) (laughs) You're a thoroughly modern person, you know? You were just like... Why do we need musical instruments? We have recorded all. Why do, I don't understand. That's not true. Tom is that's like not true. Tom's like God. He's just frustrated with anything that's eleven days old. <laughs> that's, not, we do have sort of a rule in our house, like as, as my son's been coming up, which is you know we don't keep broken toys. We, you leave stuff outside and it gets ruined. It's gone. Like so. You know, we we don't necessarily have we stuck with that rule totally, you know, but right. I liked. Yeah, it frustrates my wife. She's like, we could have fixed that. I'm like, no, we're never fixing the umbrella thing that broke in the storm. It's just sitting out there broken for a year now. And then one day she'll come home and I'll have hauled it off somewhere to a dumpster and thrown it out. She's like, why we could have. Blah, blah, blah. We're not going to do that. Well, see, that's so that's rational thought. And Tom has evolved past hunter gatherer. Yeah. And I haven't. I haven't. I have not either. To it. I'm hunter gatherer, and I'll make an argument. Cards and go to get all you know all that kind of stuff. Right. They got stolen at some point. I don't know what. I I don't. You probably threw them out. Uh, no, I need them for drinking money. I, the ones I had left. Oh, so okay. A lot of them got stolen. <laughs> okay. lot, all the good ones got stolen up by some other kids in the neighborhood, and then I. Uh, yeah, and then I kept some, but I didn't. So the trauma of that event. Maybe. Ah, now Lowell's. Now yeah. you know nothing has permanence. No that's that's right. Lowell is it getting down to it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't trust friends. Tom is now laying on the couch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Any analysis you get here is worth what you paid for. <laughs> All right, so what would you bring? 
What I bring now? Okay, you brought up you brought up uh, lately. You know, what, have I been, I haven't been hunting as much junk lately. Blah blah. I did. I was. I did a show, horrific show. My gosh, in uh, Alabama, I did this show. The show I'm doing about the Constitution that I, I just wrote. You know. I did. It was like I think it was the second time I had done it. You did that in Alabama, in a bar in Alabama, and you want to talk about not oh. going over. Here's what I learned: when you're doing a comedy show about the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and the Declaration, the people that are upset the most by that concept is people that have American flag paraphernalia on. For some reason, that's really funny to me. If they have an American flag ball cap or shirt or something, they are extra furious that I'm trying to do a historical comedy show about the Bill of Rights. Really? Yeah, that's and, and that's they're not even a joke. That's seriously, they How? get the most mad. The show after Lowell saw the show in Dayton, uh, the first show Saturday, second show Saturday. There was a woman, it was her birthday, she was 50, in the mid-50s probably, and she was wearing a sparkly shirt with that, it said America on it in red, like sparklies. I don't like know bedazzly kind of? Bedazzly shirt, kind of, it was red, white, and blue, said America on it. She got so drunk, it was her birthday, that I started messing with her. I said America, she was talking very loudly, right? So I said, America, you're way too drunk to uh, actually pay attention. And so... I, I started referring to her as America and saying to her what I want to say to the entire country. You know what I mean? So it was a lot of fun. I was saying, That's America, awesome. yeah. you I was need to read you... a book and stop stop drinking as much as you do. <laughs> and finally, she just stood up, started screaming at me and flipped me off and told me that she's wearing this shirt because her son's a Marine. And I said, well, I, I'm doing an entire show about the Bill of Rights. Your son should love this show. And, then, and she said, he doesn't want to hear this shit. <laughs> <laughs> And this then is, she left. This is literally what This he, is what he, he's defending. He, right. Yeah. No, man, he's defending your freedoms, buddy. <laughs> right. Not my rights, my freedom. Your freedom. Right. God. So I did the show in Alabama, and then I was driving somewhere else to do another show, and I had a little time. So on my way out of Huntsville, I found a junk shop and, and just walked around, and I, and I found this. So we'll... I have no idea where this is going to go. I'm going to I'm going to walk over here and, and get it out of the box. And I'll ask you a question while you're getting it. Yeah. So you say it happens regularly. The people that get the most upset are the people that are wearing America paraphernalia. Yeah. I've done the show 25 times. Uh, that's a guess. Right. And um, I I don't know. I I've probably so far I've probably had maybe eight, seven or eight people that are they're up. I mean, they're mad. They're angry. You know what I mean? It's it's visceral. You know, and I'd say half of them are wearing some sort of American flag paraphernalia. Have you been able to sort of build up lines like like you said what happened the other night with the with the lady where she was yelling at you? Have you, have you been able to sort of build America? You're too drunk. Like have you? No, that was the, the first time, time it that. hit on you to give her the label America. Yeah, that was the first time, and that was Saturday night, and now it's Wednesday. That seems like it's going to be. That was a, the last show I did, actually. That's going to be a good device in the show, except now you'll be looking for it more. Yeah, but you uh, wear an American flag shirt. Why are you mad? And then you're just, oh, America's here. And then you, if any, if it starts to go that way, you can kind of use that device. Yeah, I did America. a. I did a show. I told Lowell about this. I did a show. I did this Constitution show in a bar in Wisconsin that was 
I haven't felt that scared in years. I mean, I, I, I looked for the exits. I made sure I knew where the exits were. Wow, you're it not slamming a, the Constitution, I assume. You're, you're No, I'm, I'm questioning some of it. You know what I mean? I, but I'm not. It's not a very, it's a little seen it. Yeah, I, I think it's just honest. It's an honest, factual. I mean, there's very few things you could, in my opinion, there's very few things you could disagree with. It's not the representation of the Constitution that any of these people have been exposed to in their public education. What can, how can true. that be? You've actually read the Constitution is the difference. The, yeah. Because the, the, the idea of public education is not to propagate knowledge, actual knowledge, but to make good citizens and to sell them on the American ideal of we're always in progress. Just read the names of these things. American progress is like a textbook name. That was the, I think that was the textbook. Yeah, and, had, there's, yeah. and they're all American like this. progress. They yeah. gloss over all of the dirty, ugly underbelly of things. Mm-hmm. It's a story and a history of actions the government's taken, not about the people who forced the government to take actions. So nothing good that's happened the government did unilaterally is because they were forced by the citizenry at some point. To yeah. get rid of slavery, enact civil rights, have mm-hmm. voting rights. None of those things happened in the vacuum. The government just didn't say, you know, we should bestow this upon the people. Well, I did, when he said, like, I, we've had discussions about the Constitution since uh, we've been talking about it since you decided to do it, which is interesting to me. Like, did you, let me, let's, I'm backtracking and then I'll get, I want to go to, do you, what made you be like, ah, Constitution? You're just picking subjects or were you tired of hearing wrote, everybody it, say the Constitution says blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I need to read that thing. I wrote this. I wrote this joke and this is a joke in the show. OK, I wrote this joke that uh, I don't know much, but I do know this. If you hear anybody yell, I know my rights. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote that joke and I thought, well, that's funny and true. I mean, people that yell, I know my rights. They don't know their rights. Right. And then I literally thought. Do I know my rights? And I tried to write the first 10, right? Just Bill of Rights. I don't know them. The first, yeah, that's what I know. And I tried to, I sat down with a piece of paper and I didn't cheat. I didn't Google. And I tried to get the first 10 and I didn't get them. How many did you get? I I think uh, the joke I'm telling, I'm actually explaining this in the show right now, but the joke I'm telling is I only got eight and two of those turned out to not be true. Right. What so, were the two that weren't true? I don't. Uh, that's just a joke. But I don't okay. remember. I think I got, you know, I definitely did not get the wording correct. You know what I mean? But the general idea of it, I think I got five of them or six of them or something like that. When not you get a, down not to enough. the end when it's talking about your right to jury trials and that stuff. It gets a little complicated. It, it, yeah. Unless you're you, a constitutional scholar, you don't know that. But How that's many what's interesting to me know. is that constitutional scholars, like you're saying, are both uh, they're left and right, and they don't agree with the con- the, the Constitution. They says interpret it differently. Yeah. Right. So how did you go about interpreting it? Just you just felt well, I, I'm I, do my... I said I don't know the I don't know my rights and I want, I'd like to know them. You know, I'd like to just in general, I would like to know more about the founding of the country, the Declaration, Constitution. I'd just like to know more. So I wasn't thinking about a show. I was still working on the concept of zero. And it, it still took me time to figure out that that's not funny. Yeah. And which is probably I'm going to force that to be funny. But anyway, um, so I downloaded uh, a series of, of uh, lectures from a college professor and just listened to them when I was driving around in my car, trying, you know, learning about this thing. And 
about the Bill of Rights, and Tom just dropped his head down on the mic. He Is just there a junk shop we can stop at now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to need more coffee over here for Tom. Okay. Can we? Are there some big flashcards we can show Tom? Put MTV on. He's bored. Quick. Hurry. Do I hurry. Put it, the, do I... Turn the TV on. Quick. Hurry. <laughs> Tom's falling asleep. I have the right to nod off, don't I? What, what is that? <laughs> Where's that enumerated? Yeah. Tom has the right to not care about anything that isn't directly in front of him. But you were saying that the government didn't, the people had to rise up and make the government get rid of slavery. That, but like way. talking to you about when they were coming up with the Constitution, you, you sort of make the other argument. Like they were going to, all right, that's over. And then the people of the south were like no 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 no, we're keeping that what do you, do you mean wanna... I, know, I lost you i'm going what, back to what the... do you mean about that slavery they're keeping slavery they're keeping their you know no they never talked about ending slave i mean there was a, a governor morris there were a handful of people that that uh, talked about there was no know. way to have the union if you eliminated slavery and they knew that the southern colonies had made that clear but they did argue about it they did fight about it mm-hmm. but it was a, a malignancy that they left in the body uh, of our country that yeah. eventually erupted in full-blown you know and i think they they from what i've read or listened to is i mean there was never any real like they they thought it was going to end itself you know the the north thought it, they kept saying like well it, it it will it will end soon enough but they knew that uh you're not going to have a constitution if they put in the constitution that slavery ends the south was not going to sign right and the northern states and remember these were a confederation of states nobody yeah. envisioned this as a federal central federal strong federal government this was a confederation of states, each state with its own separate constitution. Just and working money. in alliance. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, and they did eventually uh, get around to consolidating some of those powers because it made no sense to have all the money and that sort of thing. But in the North, what they did was grandfather slavery out. I think one of the laws, maybe it was Massachusetts, was uh, any child born into slavery would be freed on his 28th birthday henceforth. Mm-hmm. So eventually, after a couple generations, no more slaves in Massachusetts. Yeah, and I know I think they they outlawed the importing of of slaves. But then there's they I've, even did that in South Carolina. Yeah, but then I've I've read some historians that say that that was not the uh, you know the love they they didn't do that because they cared about these people. They did it to drive up the price. You know that's what I've read some historians that are arguing that like Virginia actually had. Uh, a huge population of slaves that they were selling to North Carolina and South Carolina and Georgia. So they stopped the importing of them so they could drive the price up. Well, I think that would be a factor and also the fact for the northern colonies, the fact that you were allowed to count a slave as three-fifths of your census. Mm -hmm. You could essentially import enough slaves to dominate Congress. Yeah, so they were so that. so that at some point they had to make a concession that okay, we're not going to bring in enough slaves to. to Someone wake Tom up. Do that. You no, know, no, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in this, I asked the question. I, yeah, I mean, but this is it's it's interesting to me that if you want to learn the Bill of Rights, you can download the Bill of Rights and read it or listen to it or whatever, and you can learn these words. If you want to know what it means, there's arguments. 
you know, and there's arguments about the Constitution, slavery, women. Did did they care at all about women's right to vote? Did they, did they didn't even mention it. But there's all these different arguments from all different angles. So when I was writing the show, like I downloaded a five part series. It was about five and five and a half hours from a right wing perspective on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And I, I listened to it because I, I want to I know it was not. I'm shuddering. Were yeah. any of the founders pro big government? It's hard to answer things like that because that that's a that's a new term, yeah, right? It would have been a hypothetical at that time, right? No, and I don't know what big th- government is. You're talking about centralized government, yes. were they pro centralized? Yes, then not at that very time. They weren't until they started to figure out all the problems that were caused, like you say in your act, mm-hmm. when nobody sent voluntary taxes to the central government. Yeah, after the Declaration, you know, after the Declaration of Independence and after the war. It was we had, you know, Georgia had power, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, they had power and taxes were voluntary. They could choose. Georgia could choose whether or not they were going to send taxes to the central government. And so no one sent them. So the government had no money, none. There was no power. So then you had these states that were demanding that the government, like, for instance, they're shipping goods and pirates, you know, take their goods. And they they would complain to the government and the government would say, we have no money. How are we going to stop this? And then, so the same, the, the state that wasn't paying their taxes wanted the government to, to help them protect their goods, things like that. So that, that's the Sounds only. Sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, I mean, it's all familiar. And that's the reason that we went to. Yeah, the impetus for central government and for federal government is that, that sort of thing, group interest. There's an economy of scale, like in anything. Why would each colony replicate you know, the same services if they could be centrally replicated for a much lower economic impact. So they all met, originally they met to, quote, fix the government. They were going to fix, you know, we, the, the government we had called the Articles of Confederation. It wasn't a constitution, it was the Articles of Confederation. They were going to meet to fix that. And then, according to some historians, there was a coup. Like, they literally took the power away from the states, and, and rewrote it. They, they, they didn't even rewrite the articles. They created a new type of government. Law am I? Am I well, but it, then it was sent back to each of the colonies to be ratified. Yeah, and it had to be ratified. And then they knew some of them were not going to do it. It was all very near run. Yeah, but very few they, of the this votes is, were. were this New York is, was the last one to come in, I think. Rhode Island. Was it Rhode Island? Rhode Island did not. Oh, it's Rhode Island. Yes, Rhode, yes. Rogue Island, they kept calling it. Yeah. Rogue, because they were, yeah. Uh, yeah, but New York was the last big one. Right. And they were worried because if Very they worried. have 11 people signed or 11 colonies signed on, New York has not signed on yet. Rhode Island yeah. didn't even send anybody to, to the convention. Yeah, they, they, were, they were called Rogue Island. It's funny. They didn't want to be a part of it at all, which they shouldn't have. Because before the Constitution, every state had equal power. Even like Rhode Island's tiny. They had the same power as Virginia, representation-wise, right? And the Constitution changed that. So they're mad. Okay. Okay. So it has now since you started doing all this research doing this, mm-hmm. and now you're going to, does it change when you're going to a junk shop what you're looking at? Do you, are you go in and you're like, oh, this relates to what I'm. I have, you know, I mean, I have seen a couple things that I'm like, oh, yeah. And, they, and, they, and all of a sudden they're different because I've read, you know, I've, I've read. So now I, I see some of these, you know, paintings and I'm like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I haven't found anything yet. 
that that made me you know that was cheap enough that made me want to buy it. But yeah, I became fascinated with it, and uh, and then started writing. And then and then at some point, I think I thought this would be an interesting show. Writing a sh- comedy show about this is much more. Um, you know, better than zero. It's better than zero. Right. Yeah. I was looking for the right wording on that. Yeah. It's more relatable than the concept of the number zero. What's wrong with me? Why Why do I not just do normal comedy? No, I like it. I like that. I feel like my son is going to get to listen to a Stuart Huff comedy CD at some point and it'll, he'll learn about the Constitution. And right now I'm, I'm in, in 45 minutes and then I'll be have to. If you could just work a couple dick jokes. In yeah, yeah, I know. Oh. You know, yeah, he, my son really likes those. And I keep, I keep asking, yeah, I keep asking Lowell if there's anything I meant because now I've, I've, it's not as cut and dry as you think it would be. It is different historians, even on political left or right. It's different historians that disagree. So then it's like now you're you're not talking. You know, it's just not as cut as and dry. So then I'm trying to pick. You know what? What do I believe out of these things? Plus, what is accurate? Well, what does accurate even mean? You know, all these dudes are dead. We don't. We don't know what they thought. You know, all the- well, we have the Federalist Papers, so we have a good indication of what the actual framers and writers of the Constitution were thinking, and what what their intent was. Yeah, which begs the question that we were talking about at dinner last night: mm-hmm. if someone calls himself a strict constitutionalist. How is it that they don't think that the Constitution changes because Hamilton and, and Morris and, and uh, the, all the people who are writing the Federalist Papers made clear that it was a document that even the whole document could just be rolled up in a ball and thrown away if the people thought it wasn't working for them? Yeah. It's, and, it's, it's meant to change. It's meant the, to grow as things change. Yeah. And the Federalist Papers also need to be read, correct me if I'm wrong, Lowell, they need to be read from the point of view of this. they were making an argument for state signing the constitution yes so the fairless papers were put out for people to read so the so that they could they could force their state to sign the constitution so they're trying to to convince you that this is a good idea you know so they're not telling you about maybe some of their nefarious so reasons are there or some any of anti, that stuff. are there anti-federalist papers that also explain hey, why this is going to be terrible <laughs> but most no. the, yeah there were there were anti-federalists they Jeff, were small Jefferson state wrote under a pseudonym several replies to hamilton one of the things that they argued about interestingly enough right? well turns out jefferson's right about the executive power should have been checked more thoroughly in the constitution because hamilton had said surely the moral weight of the office would preclude the kind of moral degeneracy that we're witnessing now. And Jefferson said, have you met people? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and Jefferson, unfortunately, lost that argument. They did not delineate any further checks against the executive's power, and it has expanded exponentially. From the get-go. Well, you go particularly from Wilson forward. Yeah. From Wilson forward it's gone nuts. up and up and up and up yeah and, up. and then you get the the patriot act right is wilson also the one who signed the the federal reserve act who signed I, that i don't know who signed I, the federal I, reserve act i just recently learned 19, for the first time that the federal reserve is a private entity 19, i didn't realize that wasn't part of the government 1913 is that when he was he in office then i i don't know this i know i'm horrible at dates but i think i want to say you're right Right, he burned a cross. He was he was a member of the Klan. What? Yeah. What? Oh, he's a horribly racist. Right, yeah. Wilson. Right. Yeah, he's the one who reversed. Uh, the, I mean, Grant. In How the is 1870s. Trump not using that? He's like, dude, 
I'm not the worst person. I'm not the, the, I'm not the most racist. There was another guy. He literally burned crosses. Wilson burned a cross yeah, on the talk White about House the worst lawn. No, he time. did not. Am I right? I don't know if that's true or not. Here's what. Here's what I, I know. know. He was a horrible, avowed racist who reversed Grant's uh, dictum in the 1870s that integrated all federal employees. Yeah. He, he reversed he, all that and like he segregated. He resegregated yeah, federal employees. The I wish House. the listeners yeah. could see my mouth agape. <laughs> agape. <laughs> I love that word. As, as yeah. much as I, I think Trump is horribly inept and has ill intent, mm-hmm. Wilson was an intelligent, educated man who was had ill intent. Yeah, he was that scary. Made more dangerous. Yeah. Here's what it I kind of gives me hope. What was it, the Palmer raids? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because we've had. Oh, oh, Wilson was yeah. But here's what I've read. This is, I yeah. Here's this is fascinating to me. I've read where we there there is a lot of uh, there are historians that think without knowing they they're pretty sure he was he he had Klan meetings on the White House lawn. You just said and he burned was, a cross on the yeah, lawn. and there and there and there are historians that say that there is some proof that he burned a cross on the on the on the lawn. I mean, it wasn't like they you know. Uh, but we don't have a picture of this. But we know for a fact that the, that he segregated the White House. He told racist jokes, why, not in private. I mean, they were White House parties, racist jokes. It was he was a he he was the one that screened um, Birth of a Nation, right? Mm-hmm. And said, uh, you know, it was a fantastic movie. That Birth of a Nation was a pro Klan D.W. Griffith well, pro Klan movie. Th- this was a time of eugenics. Yeah, he was so told Kellogg all that. and and Lindbergh and all Lindbergh. these people tied up in the eugenics movement. So 1983 yeah. in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Nicely played. Yes, that was nice. Well and done. match and game. <laughs> <laughs> we still have not pulled out any junk. Should we just talk about the? Are the we pulling our junk out? Are we pulling? Yeah, yeah. I'm not comfortable yeah. with this. It's just. A, I tell you, it's first of all. Here's we're going. I like the challenge of saying, can I write a comedy show that clearly nobody wants to hear? I mean, Tom's one of my best friends and he's bored to death. You know no, what no, I mean? I've, yes, like, exactly. Can I write a comedy show that if that's a challenge, right? So how are you going to dance around? What stories do you need to tell and how do you need to tell them in order to hold an audience's attention to give them information? You know, it's a challenge to do that. And then, and here's a challenge I didn't anticipate. I thought this would be kind of much more cut and dry than it, it really is. So now I'm, I'm second guessing myself. And am I presenting this information? The information that I'm presenting, is it accurate? Is it, you know, is it an opinion? Is it, and I keep asking Lowell, am I wrong about anything? He's like, no, 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 factually, you're correct. I mean, you know. That kind of that kind of stuff. So now it's become even more of a challenge, you know. Yeah, keep in mind this is you're teaching my son about the Constitution. I, I wrote this entire and, thing. It's you and the public school. So system. Tom doesn't have to be the father that teaches his son. Right. Right. That's he doesn't want to have to do this. What are you talking about? I Who's too hand... busy throwing away everything that's worth a damn in his house? Right. That's right. right. I've actually I've actually have probably thrown away an original Constitution. Right, I have like a <laughs> right. What is this? What is this paper? Crap? Come on, we don't need paper Get this anymore. Out of here. How many times are going to throw this in the corner? Yeah, he's texting his wife. I'm throwing all the paper out of this right. house. Uh, we don't need this crap. Who brought this pen in here? That that first show Saturday night, there was a full table of Air Force pilots from the local base. 
Right. Mm-hmm. What, that, the what, one what, where they do the, the one where you, they have the alien technology where they kept the. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's Roswell. Yeah. No, no, no. They brought the they brought yeah. the body to. It's to a date. That's what I'd heard too. Yes. Because wow. of the big hospital there. It hey, might have been that chick that walked out of me. Nah, I don't know. If it, she was with is chick a bad word now? I think she was drunk with an America shirt on. You you did not see the irony of their reaction to some of this. How, how was it? Tell me. Well, the, the parts that you would have been presenting, ironically, they were applauding wildly. <laughs> so when you were saying things wow. that that dealt with freedom and man, they're just yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. That's it. <laughs> the other parts they just looked a little dazed. Just, uh, I don't know. He said America earlier, and I was clapping, and now what? what? <laughs> the one guy had on his face. What am I that, thinking? This what? Yeah, the one guy had that fa- look on his face where he's look, staring off into the distance and seeing an eagle and the flag. <laughs> uh, why can't you see that? Finally, you said something patriotic. But why, <laughs> why can't you say? Why can't you do that and make? them be on your side like you know what i'm saying why can't you be patriotic and like yeah america and go like oh well that, this is like, important information and not i would important, like but, you it know. to be that way because i'm actually saying in the show that they did good things i mean they separated church from the state well Some, come on now <laughs> they well, were christian men that's what <laughs> the only thing good Fuck about this like country that. right now is that the church is in the is the state <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We need more churches. churches. We need right? more Jesus. Abortion laws. Right. That's Jesus. Right? Back back when gun the laws. Church, that's Jesus. Back when the church. Did you know this, Tom? <laughs> what? Before the Constitution, there were 13 states, right? And eight of them had state churches. If if you lived in Virginia before the Constitution, you had to pay taxes to the Church of England. It it didn't matter if you went there or not. It was a, that was their state church. Eight states had state churches where you were forced to pay taxes to that state, to that church, to that church. That's the way European nations were set up. So right, it only made sense. Yeah, but we always think of this kind. Of, but so before the Constitution, you know, I mean, there were there were laws against not going to church. You had to attend a service on Sunday. Oh my God! And if you didn't go, you paid a fine. That's usually when you had to pay the tax. You you paid a tax if you did not attend in England. Right. If you but attended, you're all right. I know in Virginia. And then you tithed. <laughs> on top of that? No, no. The you, the tax was if you chose not to go, you would have to pay a, a heretic's tax. Heretic's tax. And then if you went, you were paying if anyway. If you went, and then you would give a tithing instead of a tax. And Same thing. So, so way, you're paying, you're supporting. Money. It's church-supported. I mean, state-supported right. church. Well, I'm, I'm, I feel like now we have an, un, an untaxed uh, lobby an untaxed political party like right mm-hmm. now so mm-hmm. they're untaxed at least they're a political allowed. player yeah yeah, yeah uh, they're the entire they're really the whole party right now yeah they're that's I don't, not a bad point they've usurped yeah. right yeah to some yeah. extent although I, I think there's all kinds of other entities that are involved in that too that might be utilizing their fervency for to further their cause there's some real bad malevolent actors Ugh. 
It's but, disgusting. Same, yeah, the church they were, and state aren't, but that's not in the Constitution, church and state. That's well, that's not the way they phrased it. Jefferson wrote that in uh, what is it, his paper, his uh, Virginia. I forget the title of it, but he, yeah, Jefferson used that wording. But in, yeah, but it, they're clearly separating. You have freedom of and from religion, basically. Yes. That's what the, the Bill of Rights is saying. But you know, when, like when but they then were, what about all these laws that are being passed right now? The like the all the abortion law. That's well, that's the, and and that's, that's what it boils down to. The bill of rights are meaningless unless you're going to protect them. You know, so you can write down anything you want on a piece of paper, and everybody can agree upon it. And then when someone breaks one of those things, now what are you going to do? So you're 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 free hypothetically until someone tries to take away your freedom. And then how much are you going to resist it? That's how free you really are. You know what I mean? You're, you're only as free as you're willing to fight, right? Someone takes, you know, they say, you know, well, you have the right to a speedy trial, you know, and then they, and then they put someone in jail for 11 years and no one does anything about it and they don't try them. Well, now that right is gone. You agree with this, Lowell? No, I mean, absolutely. And I think we're you know, seeing more and more of those rights being pushed and eroded, yeah. particularly with, with people coming to their country and just being put into cages. You put people into cages. Like, you don't try them. So how when you were reading the them. bill, yeah. were you when you were reading the bill of rights, did you keep coming up against? Okay, well, that's the, been broken. That's been broken. That's been at one point. I or considered, they weren't what you thought they were. Like when I remember reading the Second Amendment, what during, uh, anytime you're having the, and the Second Amendment doesn't say at all what I sort of t- thought it said and then when i read it i'm like uh, t- first of all it's a it's that sentence almost makes no sense well, but but then but is it like that for all of them for no, all the like, i think because the second amendment is such a hot button issue it's it's, it's only kinda, been that way since the 1970s since the nra decided to make it a hot bust button issue uh, yeah. when they became a lobbyist for the gun industry right and no scalia historian. No historian anywhere thinks it has anything to do with gun rights. Your yeah. right to own a gun is enumerated in the Tenth Amendment, mm-hmm. where anything that isn't specifically forbidden by state or, or, or federal statute or law is the people's to do as they please. Or the so states, if we don't forbid yeah. you from, from having a gun, then you can have one. That's where your rights come from. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the Ninth and Tenth. The Ninth, I think, was the Ninth is saying that there's states. Some state, states have rights that aren't in the Bill of Rights, right. and the tenth is saying the people have rights. People that have right, any rights that are not not included yes. by by federal or or state statute are the people's to have. So I yeah. do have the right to not off. You have, you right have the to right not to not off. Yes, Anything you do. that has not been precluded on. You know. Okay. You also have the right to do heroin. Right. <laughs> That's not in there. But not you can't no, get. But you can't, laws but you can't get an abortion that. if you're a woman. You can't get a can't terminate a pregnancy is that that should be one of well the that, i mean this is you know well, black letter law says it, that you can unfortunately we're watching states push back and then try to get black letter law changed but how can we as like you're by we i say i'm, I'm saying like uh, gun law people that want some sort of gun laws we have we said yeah, right but we we use roe versus wade as like see roe versus wade gives clarifies that right and then and because it's a supreme court decision but then when it comes to the right to an individual to bear arms in his own house or whatever being sort of a that's a supreme court ruling from whatever 2000 to make that definition we're like ah, it's just a supreme court ruling you know what i mean so we one of them we hold on to like this is both sides and both thing, sides and do the that. other one we're like they sure. just are political you know what i mean so both, even both even anthony scalia grudgingly said, well, of course the government can regulate arms. 
They have that right, regular. But they shouldn't. But yeah. they have the right. And Scalia's decision was what he was the first Supreme Court judge to change the interpretation of Second Amendment, right? But the first and, to insert yes. into it. This, this originalist, this constitutional yeah. originalist, Const- insert is, <laughs> inserts into it. The idea that this has something to do with private ownership of armaments. He not only, a constitutional originalist, not only didn't interpret it from the words, he inserted something that isn't there. And this is another thing that I I actually talked to Lowell about because he's, you know, he's a veteran and he knows more about this than I do. I read the Second Amendment and then downloaded hour-long lectures about the Second Amendment. And the whole thing to me seems like it is nothing but malicious. That's what they're... That's entirely the thing. It's all about malicious. It's a state protecting itself from federal... I mean, the government. Yeah. (laughs) The state having the ability to raise a militia in case there was a tyrannical... Yes. Not... not, And the people having a right to form militias. But that's gone completely. That's gone completely. So the idea is this. The Second Amendment, in my opinion, is this. Georgia, if if the government elects or appoints uh, a, a tyrant, you know, then Georgia does Georgia have the right to have a militia to then attack the government? Yes or no? That's what they're that's what they're debating. It's a it's state militias. It's not individual gun ownership. It's state militias. They did not say you couldn't own a gun. So why they didn't, didn't say you couldn't? It's not about that at all. It's so did about they argue state that? Militias. Did they argue that in um? In Lincoln's time and the Civil War time, they're like, "Hey, we th- we have a Second Amendment right to revolt as a state." Did they ever bring that up? I don't know. Instead of saying we're succeeding or we're seceding, or when when Lincoln would say it's unconstitutional to break up the Union, you're like, "No, the Second Amendment gives us the right as states to form militias." I have no idea. Well, and the militias would be a separate part from them to being able. They all retain the right to secede from the Union. They all had a right to secede from the Union in the intervening time from the ratification of the Constitution to the Civil War, the federal government had become more consolidated, mm-hmm. and, and that right had diminished, which led to, led to all of this. Did they but still they, have— But early on, when they wrote the Constitution, it was all about states had a right at any moment to, because they were separate entities. Yeah. This was not—it wasn't immediately the United States. United was in uh, lowercase— Mm-hmm. It so said United States of America is united in lowercase than states of America. Yeah, that's a big thing. Wow, I, I never really I never noticed that before. I guess a, you're right. It's a big thing when I started reading that they the historians were trying to drill into my head over and over and over, which was there were not that many people that thought globally. This was if if you lived in North Carolina, North Carolina was your country. That's the way you thought of it. Was you are a Virginian. You, you are not an American. You're a Virginian. And then there were a few people, Hamilton, Washington. There were a couple people that thought globally and were thinking big. And they were thinking, we can't have 13 small little things. You're more powerful and you're more effective if you band together and you become one big thing. And, then, and people fought that idea. They didn't like it. I mean, one historian put it this way, which I thought was great. He said, most people did not venture more than 10 or 12 miles away from their home, period. I mean, if you if you had your central government located in New York or located, you know, in D.C. or so, and you lived in Georgia, that's some you might as well be in Mars that this is pre any kind of transportation. There's no trains. You know, that's why would you want your power and your devotion is to Georgia, your Georgia. 
you know. So they had to change that whole concept had to change, you know. Well, so, and it didn't change until after the Civil War because you have somebody like Robert E. Lee, a graduate of West Point, having to choose between his country and his state. He chose his state. He's mm-hmm. Virginian first. I'm a Virginian first. Yeah. And that, I mean. It, but is that a human, like a core human like thing of like in your brain psychology that you want to have that this is me? You know what I'm saying? Like, do we replace that? over time with whatever, like you with Ohio State or me with the Bray, you know what I'm saying? Like, do we, re- is that I think a I, basic yeah. human emotion that has to be a... You want to feel, you want to feel your tribe. Yeah. And I think sports, yeah, I think sports have kind of replaced that idea. But also now, I mean, you can, all three of us don't live in Indiana and we came here easily. Back then, it would have been a, you know, a trip. You know what I mean? You... So since transportation and, and all that stuff, now you, it's easier to think large. It's easier to think country over state. And you, most people move around state to state. Well, I think after the Civil you know? War, it was pretty well consolidated in most people's minds that this was now united with a capital U, States of America. Right. We, the people who thought that way, won the war. Yeah. And then, uh, but like even when train, when they started, trains started spreading, right? Mm-hmm. I, I read somewhere that like each town had a different time. I mean, what, right. what time is it in Bloomington, Indiana right now? It is 2.23 in Bloomington, Indiana. Well, in Indianapolis, it might be 2.41. Right. Because who cares? Why would you care if your time is different than any other city in Indiana? You're not going there. You, there's no planes to catch. There's why would it matter well, what time trains, it is in Michigan? Trains were the impetus for yeah. A and then time. now when a train was actually transporting people, then all of a sudden Indiana had to be on the same time, so you know the schedule. And then all of a sudden Michigan needed to be linked up with Ohio and Indiana. And then all of a sudden, and so you know, but before that, why would you care what time it was in California? Why would it even matter? So. The fact that you could be small. So then you have you have a, a, a state that is saying you're going to centralize the power somewhere way up north. And I'm in North Carolina. Yeah. I and and you're going to take my power and you're going to tell me what to do. And I have to pay taxes. I want the right to come get you if you're taking my rights away. You know, and that so that's the Second Amendment is the right. To, for a state to have a militia to stop the government, which I love. Right. And I haven't got a chance to talk to Lowell about that yet, but I love the idea of a well, what is the term they use, well-regulated? Well-regulated militia. I, I would add well-educated. I would not, you have to put <laughs> that in there. I would add well-regulated. That'd be a real small militia. <laughs> yeah. Well-educated, well-trained militia. You imagine... I mean, in my mind, and maybe I'm romanticizing it, but if if Mitch McConnell knew that there was a militia in Kentucky watching him, would his behavior change? There is, and they're voting for him. Well, that's the problem. That's the reason you need well-educated in oh, there. Oh, yeah, I forgot that part. You have to have well-educated. It's not in the Constitution, so I don't have to be well-educated. I don't well, know I know. You don't Considering have to, modern weapons, a, uh, I think a modern militia is probably a pretty bad idea. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's the reason I'm really mad. propensity for bloodletting would yeah, I mean, they, much greater now. They'll so, drop a bomb. So, I, so what kept you disinterested in the Constitution for 30-whatever years and to, before you were like, huh, I should look into this and write a show about it? What 
I don't know. I mean, like, I, I like I've read biographies on Thomas Jefferson. I'm interested in lives. I'm a big Thomas Paine fan. I've read about every biography I can find on that dude. I like I've I read my first Thomas Paine biography because I liked the picture on the front of the book when I was a teenager, and I lo- I just immediately liked that guy. Um, but the actual documents that seemed boring. I didn't want. I don't know why. I just. Right. What's in the Constitution? I knew that there were branches of government, and I knew that stuff. But literally, what are the words, and what do they mean, and why are they there, and what is not in there that they argued about that ended up not making it, and all that kind That's of stuff. That's the stuff that I'm really fascinated because I know I have all of that too, and like, and somehow you. That's other shows got to be hard to put together because it's, it's, because you have to. You're an interested, curious person. Then you have to. You've had to. You had to overcome. All that this is boring to teach yourself to it, and you now you as the comic, you have to overcome that in all of us in the crowd. Like, ugh. Yeah, there's uh, the feel, you know the Constitution. You know, the kind of comedy you do, Tom, you know this feeling is when you bring up something that is slightly, you know, it's uh, maybe has some content to it, right? There's a feeling in the crowd of like, oh God, you know. Like the, the like oh I'm learning Jesus I hate this feeling <laughs> you know there's that and the, God I mean when this show bombs which it's bombed more than it's succeeded and um, it's a horrible feeling it is like you are giving a lecture and you have you know thirteen of the most disappointed people but that's what you do that like aren't that's even the process the right you build the show from zero. And go all Tom the way. Tom just made a face uh, when and he like, said zero. And then, and then you <laughs> know, you you can mock me, but zero <laughs> is one of the most fascinating things. You're definitely doing that show now. No, no, no. I agree. Yeah, I Tom, agree. Yeah, Tom's you, mocking me. I was smirking yeah. at my own genius callback. <laughs> You're totally misreading me. I, it was a genius callback. <laughs> so I'm going to mark that down as zero. You guys <laughs> so you start at zero, and then you build this thing that it's it, it, that's how comedy works. It doesn't work until you get it to work. To, yeah, so you yeah. build it. Yeah. It's that's what I just I, well, again I admire that you go through that at, at 45 minutes of months and months of it working once and it gives you hope to do it for the another five times that it doesn't work and then it's around around nine or ten months you've got it to where it's got it's got its laughs you know the show it's like you you you've worked through the frustration of finding the closer and how what it means to you and what you want it's getting across what you want to the crowd and then you do it for two months and then record it here Right, and then it's yes. done, and then you wash it away and start over, and so this yes. one's in the beginning. You're, you you keep saying it's not working, but it's gonna. That's what it's I, gonna work. I know. I there's no doubt in my mind. I would the, say the difference here mm-hmm. is the current that you're fighting against mm-hmm. begins with the indoctrination in our schools. Mm-hmm. History is perpetually one of the least popular yeah. courses, not because history itself is objectively boring, but because of the way we teach it. Yeah. It's a series of, of facts. Well, history isn't facts. No. History's subjective. History's a bunch of things that occurred and then a bunch of people's interpretations about what it meant. Yeah. But we don't teach it that way. We don't teach it that way, which is way, the way I'm starting the show. 1787, which is, <laughs> the Constitutional Convention. Yeah, and it's so... But history should be... It should be the most fascinating class because you are... There's... I mean, it's it's just horrifying and beautiful and everything else if they would just teach it. You and know? it's predictive. If you somehow make it 
get it to the point where they understand that everything you're learning about historical facts you can project forward. There's nothing that's going to happen that hasn't happened in the past. Technology may change, it may be a variable that changes the outcome, but it'll be the same human behaviors that drive Humans are behind it. So, it, it, so technology just becomes a delivery service. Just a different way, gives you different outcomes, usually much more larger scale. Right, quicker and larger scale. But it's still, you go, back, you go back 300 years and you're, you're dealing with the same creature. Or 10,000 years, yeah. or you project you know, uh, 500 years forward if we're still around. Yeah. We're going to still have the same human dynamics. We have certain limitations, apparently, mm-hmm. in our species. And impulses for beauty and, and uh, evil, you know. And 500 years from now, the Zero show is going to work. But <laughs> what, one interesting thing about writing the show on the Constitution is it's kind of like them, when you read about them and all the, and all the debates and everything, they had to make compromises. They, they had to, because if, you, if the states didn't sign it, then you, the, you don't have a constitution, right? So they knew they were going to have to please, on some level, they're going to have to deal with the southern states that are basically holding out for their, their slaves and their, and, and, and their counting and all that. They're gonna, and they're going to have to try to please Ro, Rogue Island, who's unpleasable. You know what I mean? They're, so they're going to have to make compromises. I mean, the Bill of Rights only exists. The only reason it's there is because the states would refuse refuse to sign the constitution unless they put their rights in writing you know that's how much they distrusted a centralized government was they they and the the government said so the why south would, wanted the rights in writing oh most of the states did okay right i mean most of them wanted it and then the 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 guys came back and said why would you need your rights in writing? Because we're not you telling can't you. can't even read. <laughs> that's probably, that's more than likely that's what they were thinking. <laughs> but they knew better to say it. And that's another thing that I love about learning all this stuff is just how some of these dudes were, they were not. Like, John Adams said, uh, this, is, this makes me laugh. He, he said, no good could come from enfranchising more Americans. He didn't want anybody to vote. Really? Yeah. Well, and the, the, the it sort of worked out that way at first. You at had to first, be landed. Yep. You know, so so really landed gentlemen with some education who they wanted to vote. They really their yeah. fear of the mob. No, oh, they scared to in death. In every throughout scared their scared to death. Yeah. Well, we can't. Well, that's why you, you don't want tyranny of the majority. That's why you have representative democracy. Mm-hmm. You can't have the majority. You can't have the majority run anything. That's the reason you They'll have... They'll be yeah. inflamed with passion. In the- and some of the quotes, I wish I could remember some right now, but some of the quotes about where these these people were actually mocking the masses, oh, they're gorgeous. They hated the commoner. The, the, the idea that these men went there and wrote this document to give freedom to the... That's bullshit. They, wow. so they were show forced. Must, this show must make everybody mad. Well, but that's what I, that's what I started to tell you was... The way I originally had it in mind to write it, I, it's not the way it is now because I've had to compromise because I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, I'm looking at a, at, a, at a table with three buckets of Bud Light and they're, you know, they got nacho cheese dip on their American flag T-shirt. Right. So I've had to I've had to compromise, you know, which is probably a good thing. I've, there's push and pull. You know, and I've had to go back and research. Am I right about this? And blah, blah, blah. You know, the Second Amendment has been a bear to write that part. But I think it's very funny and I think it's accurate. I feel confident that it's accurate. You know, I don't think these men 
if they had their way, they would not have wanted the peasants to be armed. I don't think they they didn't want the peasants to vote. They they didn't let the peasants vote. Right. Although I will say the ratification votes were more liberal than anything they had ever done before because you did not have to be landed in most of the colonies to get the vote on your representative to go to your constitutional ratification uh, you know, mm-hmm. congress in your state, but which was really rare. But then they withdrew that again. And went they withdrew it. The yeah. landed uh, owners. Uh, originally, they didn't. They didn't even want us to vote on president on the president. Originally, the no, president the was going to be appointed. You know, they didn't want people to vote. Period. You know, uh, but here's something they did that is hilarious to me. They knew they were never going to get all 13 states to sign. So they 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 said if we get eight to sign, then it's ratified. They just picked a number. So it's like saying. You, you know, I mean, it seems to me like all 13 should sign or or not. Why would you just randomly pick a number? It seems like they literally said, well, Virginia will sign. New Hampshire will sign. You know, and they we know through. we got eight. We know we got eight. So let's say if eight sign, it's good. But it also said that that even if right. eight sign, that it wasn't applicable to the ones who didn't sign. So it wasn't enforceable. It wasn't enforceable. Yeah. So, the, but what are you going to do? I mean, if you're sandwiched between two states that signed and you did, what are you going to do? So, did it, the, was, it was politically, it was a good evil game yeah. that they played, and you know, and they did some good things. Well, how close was that New York vote? I mean, it was, it was, close. it was, ex- from what I've read, it was like at the time there were, uh, and Madison, who was very good at predicting who was going to sign and who wasn't, Madison was writing these letters back and forth and he would say we know we have this state and that state, and we're pretty sure that this state is not he didn't think new york was going to sign he and then and then he changed his mind and i mean it was back and forth new york was really iffy so where have the because of the guys i'm sorry to keep interrupting but the people that ran new york the uh, what's his name yeah go ahead i can't remember his name right now it's a fascinating story but i'm blanking on his name or do you use it in the show no okay so how deep can you go? I mean, that's, that's my question. question. Like, how deep can you where did you where did you end up? Like, where are the laughs? Like, where do you find the like, where are the parts? Mainly that people where come I say on? fuck. OK. <laughs> 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 <All right>. uh, <laughs> well, if there's anything that, that I've seen that you're struggling with in the show, it is determining where do you how, how far to bore down into this topic how yeah. far to, you know drawing the lines that's difficult because yeah because you can go on on just one amendment for a whole oh you could do you could do show. a whole show on one yeah i mean it's just that's how i feel like i feel like the I, when i when you bring the subject up i'm like ah this topic must be there's so much and then the more i sort of look at it i'm like Ugh, all right nothing i got nothing like I, i'd be happy if i came away with oh i got five minutes on the constitution you know, it's I've divided it up right now. I, the first section is kind of an introduction and try and with the point with the specific goal in my head of interesting people in it. So I have a story about a guy uh, that is fascinating and funny. Yes. And so I, I'm trying to hook him with that story right up top. And I'm actually saying in the story, if you're not fascinated by this, you're dead inside. How could you not like this guy? He's incredible. <laughs> So I'm literally Jesus, telling hope, the crowd. I hope I like this guy because I don't want to hear about how I'm dead inside. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally telling the crowd, you you should inside. be fascinated with this. It's me. It's another one of my little tricks of letting them know 
you know, like Tom and I always talk about, I, I create these trick. I'll tell a crowd a story about another redneck crowd that hated the show I'm about to do. So psychologically, I'm telling them, if you hate the show, you're a redneck. You know, it's a trick. So I'm, and then, okay, so I start with the story of this guy who is fascinating. And he spoke more than any other. Did you know that Governor Morris spoke more times than anybody at the Constitutional Convention? He I don't sp- think I knew that. He spoke the most. I yeah. know that the, the, the Constitution is attributed to him, that they think it was his writing. He wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. He was, most historians agree that he was he, the, he put the pen to He put pen yes. to paper. Yeah. So I'm telling a story about the man that actually wrote the Constitution, put pen to paper. How do we you not know? know that name? Well, yeah. I mean, it, we should. If we, it, like what Lowell said earlier. They intended it to sound like it was coming from the body, the group. So that you did, no one signed No one said written by Because Goober. it was supposed yeah. to have come from, but he was the actual author. He's the one who closed himself in a room like, like Jefferson did with the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, and wrote the damn thing. I mean, they, you know, but anyway, I'm, I'm trying to set this up, like Lowell said earlier, about if you taught history correctly it would be fascinating oh and funny and i'm tr- and funny and so i'm telling you a story right up front that is factual interesting shocking and funny to hook you into history because we're about to bore the crap out of you you know what i mean <laughs> right yeah and then i start with the declaration which i've i've had to change my idea originally but the declaration it didn't work and i've had to adjust it which i i'm grudgingly i admit the crowd is right on this the idea I had before wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, and the idea that they pushed me into seems to be a better idea. So they were right in that. The crowd was right in that. That's cool. Yeah, so the Declaration, uh, the Articles of Confederation, that's Section 1 uh, after the introduction. The middle of it is the Constitution, which I'm, I, all I'm doing is, is basically saying the Constitution splits power. You know, and then I go through different types of power and why they had to split it, right? And then at the end, it's the, I'm talking about the Bill of Rights. And throughout this, I have stories. Hugo Black, I'm telling a story about a Supreme Court judge who was a Klan member, you know, things like that, that are interesting and designed to, once I bore you, I'm going to tell you this story that pulls you back in. You know what I mean? Right. So it is... Um, yeah, it is like uh, it's trying. It's like trying to write a show, knowing full well that no one wants to hear it. Right. I've spent my whole life somehow. I don't <laughs> know the Constitution. I've never. I mean, our buddy Danny used to carry one around in the back of his back pocket. Yeah, he carries a pocket. Constitution. I've tried to read it a couple of times, and it's just that same. It's like reading the Bible. If, yeah. you, if you read the Bible just front to back, it is just abysmal. It's hard but if you read, read yeah. between the lines and start trying to understand who wrote it, why, what their intention was, what reactions they wanted to get. Now it's fascinating. Let Same me, with the Constitution. Yeah, I, had I to agree read with that. Lowell 100%. Let me yeah. give you a small story. I, ra- I ran across the cruel, no cruel and unusual punishment. Okay, that's one of the... That's one of the rights you have. They can't put you on a rack or like in England, they can't stretch your arms until they snap. You know, they can't. There's no cruel and unusual punishment. You follow me, Tom? Right. That's a right that you have. Okay. All those medieval devices that they built. Right. None of that in this country. Right. That's waterboarding was an argument. Is that, you know, is it torture? Is it cruel and unusual? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So during the writing of it, during the arguments, uh, they were discussing the wording of this. 
Should we word it as no cruel and unusual punishment? Samuel Johnson stands up from New Hampshire and says, New Hampshire has a question. Does cutting ears off count as cruel and unusual punishment? Right. And they said yes. And he said, well, then New Hampshire's out. (laughs) So I read that and I laugh because that's funny. And they're not going to teach us that in school. They want to paint these people to be like these benevolent demigods that just were there for no other reason than to love us and care for us. And so then I thought, cutting ears off. That's extremely detailed. That's not just something he just came up with. That's something they were doing. So we must have been cutting ears off. (laughs) So then I go and I Google early colonial America cutting ears off. It's called it's it's uh, it's called uh, clipping. They did it to Quakers when they caught a Quaker. They would cut their ears off. It's like tagging a feral cat. Wow. Yes. We cut people's ears off. And, and that was something we did on a regular basis in this country. Why do people hate Quakers? I don't know. I've got a joke about that in the show. Well, I, here's my joke. I'm just going to do it. I don't, in Massachusetts Bay, they killed Quakers. I don't. Was the oatmeal not hot enough? I don't understand how you could. It's just one guy weaving a basket going, we should love each other. Oh, you son of a bitch. Right. Kill that asshole. They're all nonviolent and like it's, and that whole set. I want more. I'm going to build. I'm going to push back on the crowd on that because over the next few months, I want to add more and more about how horrific religion was in this country before the Constitution set. The Constitution basically said no more because in Virginia, they killed Baptists. They killed Presbyterians in Georgia. They'd killed. Well, they pretty much killed Catholics in Catholics. every oh, state. Most states in this country before the Constitution, you were not allowed to hold office if you were Catholic. If you were Jew, you couldn't hold office. They routinely put Catholics to death. They, I mean, it was just Rhode Island exists because Roger Williams, Roger, I think Roger Williams, yeah, he fled because they were going to kill him. He was a Quaker. So he fled and started Rhode Island, and Rhode Island became a state where people fled from other states because they were scared for their life because of their religion. So Rhode well, Island well, Utah was, actually, was a later version of that with the Mormons running around because they had to get because they were killed in in Illinois. It was it was probably legal to kill Mormons. It's a very gray area, but the governor actually said they should be driven from the state or executed. Yeah, that's what he said. They kind of started it in a few places. Yeah, they killed them there, and no one got punished for them. No, I mean, so, they started it in a few places. Oh, well, sure. But, I mean, it doesn't matter if someone starts it. You can't just kill them. I mean, what, I mean you can't just because they started some shit, you know? What are you talking about? I love, I love the whole idea of how screwed up religion was in this country before the Constitution. I love Each how you state, keep saying was. Like it was really well, was I mean, now state. they're not killing Baptists now. I mean, Baptists can't kill Presbyterians now. I mean, they, you know. No, but the Christian propensity for wanting to read documents as being unerrant mm. pertains to how people address the Constitution. I think they, they mm-hmm. like the Bible, is the unerrant word of God. Yeah. The Constitution is the unerrant word of our forefathers. Which but you have to read nuts. them then. Like I I don't have to read the Mueller report to know. I people, don't have to read the Constitution. People are like, I'm a strict constitutionalist and the Constitution said, and I'm just like, oh, must, he must be right. He must be true because he 
He reads he that goes, thing. He's and, talking loud. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's very loud. <laughs> he must be. Yeah. Listen to that guy uh, pontificate. Right. Oh, yeah. So do you address that, that you realize that none of us really, I mean, we care about the Constitution and we think we know the Constitution, but none of I'm us I'm doing the really whole act it. right here on the podcast. That's great. I, uh, right, the jo- the, the joke I'm doing about that is, uh, you know, uh, you have to pass a test to become a citizen of this country. You know, can you imagine if you had to pass a test to stay a citizen of this country? But we couldn't even form a t-ball team. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> how many people would be in this country if you had to pass a test to stay here? Just the foreigners. <laughs> just, I'm going to put that tag in. Just the foreigners. That's a great line. Though. That's a great line. God, I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you could combine Tom and I, we would be a solid sea room headliner. You know what I mean? We'd be making less than minimum wage the entire year. I don't want to tell you what to do, but either pull out a thing or let's wrap this up, man. This is well, we just this is an interesting podcast. You know, we just started talking about this Constitution and yeah, we should just we should make this, a, a you know, uh, just a podcast. We didn't have a piece of junk, you know, but uh the Constitution well, counts. The Constitution is a piece of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yes, people just smash computers. That's great. Right. Just <laughs> We're the cause of destruction. Uh, thank you guys for listening. My guests have been Tom Simmons and Lowell. Are we saying Ramey? Are we putting yeah, your last name? Why not? Absolutely. You know? At this point. I, I was, I was uh, you know... I'm, I was, losing, I'm losing friends because of the podcast. I know. So I think and it's all right Lowell, at this point. Lowell lost a friend because of the podcast, but he's gained are so you, many... Are you, can, what are you talking about? That's a, it's you want to tell this story nah, before we wrap really, it up? Is, not really. Yeah. You want to? No? No. Lowell, yeah. Lowell, Lowell he isn't has, listening. You know. <laughs> 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 it's not like you got to see the guy again. Uh, yeah. That's lots a, of people understand the dynamics. So. Yeah, Lowell, Lowell lost a friend, and I feel bad about it. I really do. You know? But uh, that's in the, the Bill of Rights. You have freedom of speech. Absolutely. You have freedom of speech, you know? Uh, yeah, so look up the concept of the number zero. You'll be fascinated. That's how many friends Lowell has left after doing this podcast. <laughs> Who listens to the end? I don't understand. I mean, what's... Really, why am I still talking? It's... All right, uh, this is, I guess, the small print of the podcast. Is that what it is? Is that when you pull out the glasses that you have to kind of slide down the nose and read the bottom of the bottle kind of thing? It was so-called produced by Matt Holt. I don't know what he did, but there was something he wants his name on here. Uh, Intro music is Greg Brown. I picked it because I love Greg Brown, and I was hoping someone would listen to this podcast and go, what was that music? I want to find out what that is. Go listen to Greg Brown. Outro music was sweet, sweet. Uh, you know, rate and review, you know, whatever. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. I think that's a button that you push. It's kind of like liking something. Or You know what annoys me is when I send someone a text and then I get a message back that says so-and-so liked your text. Don't do that to me. Don't, do, don't answer my text or answer me, but don't like my... Uh, tell a friend about this podcast or don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, and thanks for listening. This has been a Perfecta Podcast Network production. Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities Perfecta Podcast Network production. Say that 11 times and, and try to enjoy life. I've been learning, making it on my own. 
Well, my mind is turning, thinking of how I'm going. 